Well, it's good to see each of you tonight here, and it's good to be here. And tonight, I'd invite you to open your Bibles with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. We want to take a little look into the New Testament priesthood this evening. And let's begin by um, reading at chapter 2 and verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, a disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also are li- lively stones, as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious, but unto them which are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient, whereunto they are also appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who, who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had, ab- not, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For, in so, for so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may, be, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Let's stop there and look again to the Lord for prayer. Lord, we thank you for every opportunity that you give us um, privately and publicly, especially publicly, to open your word and to study it together. 
And we pray that your spirit may be uh, our teacher tonight, that you'll help us to see wonderful things out of thy law. And we pray this in our Savior's name and for his sake. Amen. So again, this message is about the New Testament priesthood. I've really enjoyed uh, thinking about it and reading about it and studying about it. And before the giving of the law in the Old Testament, the head of each family was the family priest. When Noah came out of the ark, in fact, if you'll turn back to Genesis chapter 8, we want to read there in in Genesis chapter 8. And verse 13. And it came to pass in the 600th and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the seventh day, seventh and twentieth day of the month, was the earth dried. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with that is with thee of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing and every fowl and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord and took every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite every, any more everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. So we've read here how that Noah built his own altar. And he, that was his altar to the Lord. And we don't, we just want to look at a couple of others. I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 12. We want to look at Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Reading at verse 4. 
So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old, and he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go to the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land of the place of Shechem and to the plain of Mori. And the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord which appeared to him. And let's continue reading. And he removed from thence unto a mountain of the east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed, going still toward the south. And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt and sojourned there for the famine was grievous in the land. Now, if you look over into chapter 13, let's read beginning at verse 1. And Abram went out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been in the beginning between Bethel and Hai, and unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. I want you to notice what we're, what we're sort of getting an overview of, that in these days... The, 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 uh, the heads of families were, had their own altars. They, were, they, were the, um, they had their own altars. And so the head of each family, they were the family priest in those days. And then in uh, Genesis chapter 13... Uh, let's see, we read that, I mean, Genesis, let's turn over to Genesis chapter 22. We've got just a couple of more of these to look at. In Genesis chapter 22, and verse 9, and this is when, uh, this is when uh, Abram took Isaac up. For a burnt offering. And they came to the place which God had told him in verse 9. And Abram built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar of wood. So you see the, the heads of the families, they were the priests. They built the altars. They oversaw the sacrifices. And... If you'll turn over now to Exodus chapter 19. Exodus 
Exodus chapter 19. And verse 1, it says there, In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day they, 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 the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. And in, in verse 3, And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine." And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses returned these words of the people unto the Lord. Now, in verse 5, we read, If you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar people unto me above all people, for the earth is mine. And ye shall be a kingdom of priests unto me. So when, when the giving of the law came, the, the, the Lord changed the way the, uh, the 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 priest he he changed the priesthood, and when we come to the New Testament, where we read earlier, God says to you and to me, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. That's you and me. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation a peculiar people, that we should show, show forth his praises who hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then he said also in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 that we're living stones. We're lively. We're living stones. And we're, we're being built up into a spiritual house. To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So in back in 1 Peter chapter 2, there we see that we are unto God a peculiar, a peculiar treasure. In 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 5, that we are a peculiar treasure to God. We're also a kingdom of priests to God. We're also a holy nation. We're also a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. It says that all, all these things are uh, listed in, in 1 Peter chapter 2. 
a peculiar treasure, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, kings and priests, and a spiritual house. And God has made us kings and priests unto God and unto his Father. And he says in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you. That word beseech is a strong word. It means I beg, I beg of you. I beg you. By the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Not something that of the days of old the sacrifice was burnt. We are living living sacrifices. I beseech you by the mercies of God. We read that in Romans chapter 12. We are to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice every day of our lives. That should be a, a, a thought that's close to our hearts. Every morning we should remember, I'm supposed to be a living sacrifice to God today. And it's only reasonable. It's our reasonable service. And then it says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 that we should not be conformed to this world. And this world is always, it never ceases, it tries to conform us to its desires and its image. And God tells us, don't be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, it has to take place in our mind and our hearts that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In Psalm 51 and verse 17, the Lord says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite Heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Now that's not to say that we go around dragging our, you know, dragging ourselves through every day. It's not, it's not, it's something, it's something that happens inwardly. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. That's because by nature our hearts want to do what the flesh wants to do. We have to, we have to fight against that. A, a broken heart. The, the word broken is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a very passionate word if you look it up in, the, in your Strong's Concordance. It literally means to be broken in pieces. To be crushed. To be burst. It's a very passionate word. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. The sacrifices of God are a crushed, broken heart and the spirit over our sin. 
You know, while, while hanging on the cross between two thieves, the Bible says in Luke chapter 23 and verse 39, one of the thieves railed, railed on, on Christ, saying, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. The word railed, it's a Greek word in the Strong's Greek dictionary, word number 987. It's the word blasphemeo. Blasphemeo. Our word blasphemed. One of them blasphemed, blasphemed Christ, saying, save thyself and us. The Bible says, but the other answering rebuked him. The other thief rebuked the one who was blaspheming Christ and said, Dost not thou fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? We, he said, we indeed justly for. We receive the due rewards of our deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. The repentant thief on the cross, he had a he had a crushed heart over the sin in his life. He had a broken heart as he hung there and and was being crucified along with the Creator himself. So one thief blasphemed the creator, hanging just within feet from him, blasphemed him. While the other one confessed that he was getting his due reward. And he asked the Lord to remember him when he came into his kingdom. You know, in a way, that's kind of a microscope, microscopic uh, if you could peer into the hearts of the lost and the saved. The lost don't think that they deserve to be cast into hell. Certainly that, that thief on the cross didn't. And so again, the Psalm fifty-one seventeen says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Has your spirit ever been broken, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. The kind of heart that the repentant thief had is the heart that God regards. That's the heart that God regards. The repentant thief on the cross, he acknowledged his guilt He even recognized and admitted that they were receiving what they deserved. 
We're getting our due rewards of our deeds, but this man does nothing amiss. In the Bible, in 1 John, it says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. In the New Testament priesthood, our bodies are to be a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. That means each day that we live, we are to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Our prayers are to be as the evening sacrifice. Psalm 141 and verse 2 says, Let my prayer be set before thee as incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. The New Testament priesthood offers spiritual sacrifices. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That's a sacrifice. Truly, honestly offering to God the sacrifice of praise to him continually. Because he's worthy to be praised. That's something that we have to we have to be conscientious of doing. We have to think about that doing. There's so many things throughout every day of our lives to praise God about. He says, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. He also says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. The New Testament priest is not only offering sacrifices of doing good, it's also the sacrifice of not having certain behaviors. For example, As New Testament priests, we are in a priesthood. The New Testament priest is to lay aside all malice. Malice means being bad. Being bad. The New Testament priest will lay lay aside all malice... It means being evil. It means causing trouble. 
And not only will he lay aside all malice, the New Testament priest is supposed to lay aside all, all guile. Guile. Guile is a decoy. It's something that you see and you think it's real, but it's not. It's a decoy. Guile is being, it's trickery. Trickery. Has anybody ever tricked you? Sure they have. That's guile. It's being crafty. Have you or I ever been crafty? Sure we have. If not outwardly in our minds. The New Testament priest lays aside all guile and trickery and craftiness. And lays aside all malice causing any kind of trouble. Because priests don't do that. And not only malice and guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. Gossip is evil speaking. Gossip is very evil speaking. The definition of gospel is idle talk. Idle talk or rumor. Especially about the personal or private affairs of other people. That's gossip. And the Lord says that those things should be laid aside. Gossip is a person given to tattling. You know, we, we used to call people tattletales. That's, that's what we're talking about. Tattling or idle talk. The New Testament priest is, is of a different character. There should be holiness. There should be humility. There should be service. There should be prayer, prayerfulness. We, we are supposed to be those who offer up spiritual sacrifices to God. Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. You are offering up these spiritual sacrifices Aren't you? We are to offer up praise to God. Even in our own hearts. You know, we come together collectively and we sing God's praises, but that's supposed to be what's in our hearts. We're not supposed to leave the church house and then there's no longer praise to God. The New Testament priesthood consists of praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You are praying always, aren't you? With all prayer for all saints. The New Testament priesthood offers up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. 
It says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 16, be careful for nothing. The word careful means anxious. God says don't be anxious for anything. You know, we, we, ha- we get anxious over things. God says be, be anxious for nothing. Be careful for nothing. That's what the word careful means. How are you going to do that in this crazy world that we live in today and all the crazy people running around? How are you going to do that? Be anxious for nothing. He tells, he tells us how to do it. But in everything, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, meaning to lay it out before God, with thanksgiving. Let's not forget the thanksgiving. You know, that will, that will turn your day from dark into light just to start thinking about all the things to be thankful for. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. That's Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, and it follows by verse 7. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 8, says, The prayer of the upright, the prayer of the upright is his delight. That's God's delight. The prayer of the upright is his delight. This is offering up spiritual sacrifices. This is the New Testament priesthood. Offering up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. You know, as I was reading about the priesthood and as I was just going over this this past past few days, the priesthood. I don't know that many of us really think about that we're priests of God. But God says we are. God says we are. We're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. A peculiar people. We should be those who are, as we live from day to day, we're we're showing forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness, the darkness of sin. He's called us out of that. We don't need to go around dragging our feet or having our head hanging down. We are those who have Our conversation, that means our manner of living, including speaking, but it it more encompasses our, our manner of living, the way we live day by day. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. 
That whereas if they speak evil against you, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So it's a high calling. It's a high calling. But it's something that we need to uh, think about. We're not just we're not just passing through this world trying to earn a living and pay our bills and come into church maybe Sunday morning or Sunday night. No, it's it's a much it's a much more spiritual. It's something far more spiritual than that. Let's, uh, let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for that repentant thief on the cross. And he said, Lord, remember me when you enter into thy kingdom. And Lord, we look to you and say, remember us, Lord. Remember us day by day. And we pray that you would work in our hearts and our lives, Lord, to to just be your humble servants, to be your priests, the New Testament priesthood. We're, We're members of a priesthood. And we thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord. It's just when we stop and meditate upon it, we, we just it overwhelms us, Lord, that you've been so merciful to us that you would you would hang on a cruel cross and and die for us, that we might be made new creatures in Christ. And we pray that day by day we would just continue on, Lord. And we thank you for the fellowship that we have around your word and the fellowship that we have with your people. And we pray and ask these things in our Savior's name. Amen.